This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher hanging out with the lovely Mary Goulet. Hola. Hello. Richie Ote. What's up, brother, brother? Hey, how's it going? Alrighty, Wade's got it under control in the studio. Kelly's got it under control back at headquarters. And here on Reinvention Radio, we cover a lot of ground with people who are dismantling the status quo in all areas of life and business. And today's guest has been reinventing things for just a little while, not a long time, just a little while, just a little while. And we're super excited to have Gail join us here today. And, uh, and I'm also really excited to share with you that Gail will once again be an icon of influence at the New Media Summit, uh, which is our one-of-a-kind event where you have the opportunity to meet and hang out with and learn from 40 top podcasters, including our crew and many, many others. And the highlight of the event for so many is not, of course, walking out of there with real relationships with today's top podcasters, but really uh, just the, the unique experience. And as we've heard from so many, just an, an incredible experience of being able to take center stage to pitch 40 top podcasters and everyone in the audience and, of course, all the people on the live stream as well, pitch everyone on who they are and what they do, and they literally get booked on the spot. And, uh, Gail, will this be your this will be your third New Media Summit? Is this going to be your third? I believe it's my third, yes. Wow. You are a, <laughs> you are a three-timer, you, Gail, a three-timer. That's awesome. So our, we will have you there for the third time. And uh, September's event is sold out and uh, very much looking forward to seeing everybody in San Diego and uh, tickets will go on sale for the next new media summit, which will take place March 9th through the 11th in San Diego. That'll go on sale uh, after this summit. So sometime towards the end of September. And of course we would love to have you there, meet you. And uh, we're pleased to say we got a 100% track record of people coming to the summit and leaving with bookings in hand. So you will come, you will get booked You'll meet us, you'll meet Gail, you'll meet all sorts of awesome people, including the top podcasters who will be with us there specifically to find guests just like you to feature on their shows. And so, Gail, let's uh, let's jump straight into it. First and foremost, hello and welcome to Reinvention Radio. Nice to have you here. Well, not <laughs> only is it, am I excited to be with all of you, but I started on WS Radio. You did. So... I did. So yeah. that was where my women in business show for Entrepreneur Magazine started. So it's like coming home. Uh-huh. How long did you do your show here at WS? Five years. Wow. When wow. did you start? That must have been in early 2000. I started so long ago, I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I did a show for Entrepreneur Magazine in 2002 mm. at WS well, Radio. Right. Yeah. It had to be right in that yeah. probably... 2000, 2005, you know, area. Yeah. And I'm still here. And you're still, <laughs> and I haven't left. <laughs> so Gail, let's, um, and so thank you for sharing that. And, and it's a little bit of a homecoming. So welcome home. Thank you. Glad you were here hanging out with us back in the studio. All right. So let's, uh, let's, I want people to understand uh, just where you have come from so that we can get into all the fun stuff that you're doing 
now because it's just it's incredible what you're doing and uh and we'll be talking about reinventing ageism and and so on here on today's show but you you've got a pretty interesting storied background so i'll let you kind of give us the the 64,000 foot overview if you will or is that 30,000 foot it's 64,000 dollar question 30,000 foot overview there you go whatever that overview is so i'll let you dig in and, and share uh, as much as you'd like about your background and where you've come from, just so people can get a, a really good understanding of, uh, of why we're hanging out here today talking about reinventing ageism. Well, I'll start from college on because I worked from the time I was 13. But And my first job, by the way, was selling Avon cosmetics from door to door. Mm. And I became the top salesperson in our whole area. That's a whole other story. But uh, I studied broadcasting and, and drama and speech in college. I graduated from Emerson College. And I had, I had two radio shows, three actually radio shows in college. Then I came to Miami and I gave myself two weeks to make it. If I didn't make it in two weeks, I was moving to L.A. because those are the only two warm places I knew. Mm. Uh, I got the job I wanted making $13 a week. Nice. I was trying to figure out how to live on that. Within 30 days, I had figured out how to make $100 a week. And within eight months, I bought the business. So I started with a small modeling school, developed it into a chain of career schools. And I had a SAG after talent agency and a convention service company. So I ended up with seven offices, 350 people, which I never want to do again. Mm. (laughs) And then went into speaking full time, spoke in uh, 50 countries had uh, 49 states, had 1,000 clients in 50 industries. And then uh, when my husband got sick, I decided not to travel as much and um, started the SOB. Now I'm known as Dr. Gale, SOB, Spunky O'Broad, mm-hmm. and uh, doing three radio shows, Women in Business, Living Regret-Free, and then I have my own network, SOBRadioNetwork.com, for women 50 plus, and I have women over 50 doing shows for women over 50, mm. and uh, I coach and consult with women 50 plus. Yeah. That's what have awesome. you done lately? I know, right? <laughs> I oh, and the slacking. one thing that was really yes. fun too during all this time, I was a TV spokesperson for Clairol, and that was just a hoot. So you you were doing commercials, and uh, or when you say spokesperson, like you would go on to the morning shows and talk about the products? No. I went from city to city, and I would take a woman in her 20s, one in her 40s, one in her 60s. We would do a before shot on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I would completely redo them. On Thursday, we'd bring them back with a uh, before and after screen uh, share, Mm. and uh, it was was great, and they loved it. I bet. I I, want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Can can you do before and after on me? Steve wants to look like an over-50 woman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there. I don't see why not. Well, I saw the shots of you, Steve, in your younger years doing all your crazy stuff, and that's a before and after. (laughs) Okay, here's the, I am the after. (laughs) We already have the before. That's as much as we're going to do on me. All right, sweet. So, so obviously you you I mean you've done a lot of work with with women over the years and and helped in in so many ways I mean in terms of getting them visibility through your network and sitting down and interviewing women and and so on and so forth before we get into the specific discussion around ageism how have you seen things really evolve for women over the course of your career what speak to that a little bit 
Well, I, first of all, I never knew there was a glass ceiling because I never worked in corporate America. Mm. So nobody could really ever turn me away. I mean, I just would not take no for an answer. So I never experienced all of that. Um, what I have seen, however, is that the only person really at this point holding themselves back is the person themselves. I mean, if you want to get somewhere, you can get there. Uh, you might have to take a securitist route, but uh, mm -hmm. if you really want to get there, you can. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's interesting in, in our last episode uh, of Reinvention Radio, we were talking about how God might be challenging you at various points of your life, and you might call it God, you might call it spirit, you might call it just life or whatever it might be. And I'm just curious, what as you look back on your career, what and and I know you've had your health issues, and so there's certainly those challenges that you've encountered, and you're more than welcome to speak to that, of course. But what what do you think in, in terms of as you look back now on your on your career, what what do you think has been God's biggest challenge to you or just life's biggest challenge to you, however you however you feel comfortable phrasing that? Well, you know, I don't look at things um, that way, Steve. Okay. I just, I don't think that, I just don't make no for an answer. And so um, when somebody says I can't do something, it just makes me want to do it more. So, I mean, I was in business. I went into this business at 21. Uh, and in two weeks, the first two weeks, I got a cease and desist order from my biggest competitor because she thought I was going to take over the world. And she was really big. And I didn't even know what a cease and desist order was. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lawyer. I didn't have anything, but I got one. We figured out another way to do business that went around what she was trying to do to me. And um, uh, I operated like that for three years until I could qualify for the residency requirement. But... Um, I, I just guess when things didn't go right, I just figured out a way to go around them. And I, I'm still trying to do that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you mentioned my health issues. I'm now going through my fourth case of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. I've had 16 surgeries. I've gone through, uh, you know, radiation three times, chemo. Now I'm on hormone therapy. And yet, look at me. I, I'm doing well. Uh -huh. And it's because I just won't give up. I work out every day. And as a matter of fact, tomorrow I am having a big party given by an insurance company at my gym because I was one of the 10 finalists for the Silver Sneakers Fitness Award. <laughs> oh, and so they're giving me a big party at the gym tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And do you, so we, we do actually release the video on this as well. So for those of you who are listening to the audio version, uh, you can check out the, the video version as well. I don't even know what platforms we put it on nowadays, YouTube or Reinvention Radio. I don't, I don't even know. But it, but anyway, we're seeing you, your amazing, beautiful teal-colored shirt on today. And so do you publicly share how old you actually are? I'm 81 years old. Oh, my and, God. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. And I keep going uh, like a bat out of you-know-where. And um, uh, I just came back from the Veteran Speakers Retreat. And... Um, uh, I was very privileged that um, they've now formed it into a trust and they put five powerful men on stage. And the question was, why is there not a woman? And they said, well, it isn't because of, you know, uh, gender or race or ethnicity or any of that. But we these are the people that are here. And I went off to do my little shopping trip that afternoon and I came back and 12 people had gotten together 
to nominate me as the woman because they said I was the only one that could stand up to the guys. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> so, funny. And it's true. And yeah. it's true. Richie, I think you were you were jumping out of your chair over there for a second. What were you going to say? No, there were actually she she covered where I was going. But yeah. I, I, it was back towards the just not saying giving up than not mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. you know, not hearing it. It kind of went back to our original one, but she covered what I was going to yeah. say. Like so, Mary, sure. Well, what I was going to comment on is when you said you would just go out there, you wouldn't take no for an answer, and if you needed to do something different because something did not work, I call that the tugboat theory. You know, you're not the Titanic as an entrepreneur because that's slow and lumbering and you can't turn a Titanic quickly, but a tugboat zips. And I always refer to myself as a tugboat because I'm like, well, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over here now. Mm-hmm. That is working. I'm going to double down on it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that sounds very much in line with how I think about things as well. Well, now I've got a new thing to think about, the tugboat theory. That's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, let, so let me ask you this then. I mean, when, when, when you're faced with that sort of challenge, I mean, I know it's easy enough to say, you know, you just figure out another way to do it, but there are a lot of people who are faced with challenges in their lives. Is there... What what does that look like in action? Like if if you come up against whatever it might be, how do you move through that? How do you surmount that? What's what's the Gail Carson approach then to just not being? You know, I don't take no for an answer. I get it done. What what does that actually look like? I'm not really sure. I just <laughs> uh, when somebody says a no. Uh, I guess there's just little thistles that come up and and attack me, and I say, uh, okay, let's figure this out a different way. But I, I guess you know, it was how I was raised. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just never raised um, to to not do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was brought up that when there's a challenge in front of you, you face it, you meet it, you do it, and that's just how it was. I mean, what did, so what did that look like though? I mean, were you so you're, you're obviously talking about then your parents or, or maybe your grandparents or whoever your influences were, what sort of things did they do? Like when you were a kid, if, were there certain things that they would have you do? Like for those of us who are raising children now, I mean, we'd all, we, we'd all love to raise children that are resilient to grow up to be adults that are resilient. Like you are, what, what did your parents or your or your grandparents actually do, or did they model that for you? Or I, I guess there are some people who just can't seem to grasp what that is in terms of how to get through something. So what specifically did they do, and, and what did that translate into for you? Well, first of all, I could never go out with the second boy that asked me. I had to go out with the first mm. because you couldn't turn that one down and then go out with somebody else. Uh, when I was eight years old, my father was a pharmacist. I had to be able to get on the phone and call in his drug orders. Well, not only were the drugs difficult to say, he wrote like a doctor, could not read it, but I called in his drug orders every Friday to McKesson Robbins at that point. And my mother said to me, you're going to have to learn to talk on the telephone, so you might as well know how to do it now. And my entire business, my my whole school business, my my uh, agency business was formed by telemarketing. And even when I went into speaking, I called 100 meeting planners a day. Mm. I called 500 a week. I didn't care who said no. I only care who said yes. And it was just when you, when you said you were going to do something in my household, you'd better do it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I do have something that it's coming full circle to 
the last episode we just shot. And it goes down the path of, is that because you set a goal you then weren't going to say no to it? Or was it despite someone who said... Because what we were talking about in the prior episode is there's times in life where there's resistance that comes up and sometimes the resistance is you're supposed to just let that thing go and it's just a slight little nuance or a shift or go around it. And then other times you're supposed to push through it. And I'd love to hear your input on was it because you were just committed to that and you were going to push through no matter what even though it looks a little different or was it kind of just if someone tells me I can't do it I'm going to do it even more well I think it's a combination of everything but you know Napoleon Hill in his first chapter was talking about having a burning desire and I just think I had a lot of burning desires and even with you Steve um, I took I, I signed up for your course uh, your your podcast course and I'm listening to everything and I thought I need to be an icon I should be an icon mm -hmm. and I got in touch with Kelly and I said I need to be an icon I qualify for this and I want to be an icon mm -hmm. and that's how I became an icon yeah yeah and the points the point is well taken I mean and, and to to Richie's discussion here though how do you know when you should let something go versus when you should actually push through it I mean part of what we hopefully can do as human beings here is to learn from those who have come before us and have paid the path for us. So you're one of those folks who has gained a lot of wisdom and you share that wisdom and, and we want to learn from that wisdom. So how do you know whether or not it's just something that is a challenge that should not be accepted and you should move away from it? Or this is something that you have to push through? What what What's your criteria or your process for understanding the difference between between those two? Well, I think one of the things is to know when the price isn't worth it. So that's number one. Is it worth what I'm going to have to go through to get this or do this? And then I weigh. I weigh it. Is it worth it? And if it isn't, then I, I let go of it. The other is... But can you be more specific then about that in terms of, you know, what, what does it cost? Like, is that time? Is it energy? Is it money? Is it like, how do you, what's that, what's that determination process? I think it's all of the above, Steve. You know, it's, if it's taking too much mental energy and you feel depleted at the end of the day and you just feel exhausted and tired, then it isn't worth it. If you look at the cost of it financially and you know the money's not going to be coming back, that's another part of it. But I think it's it's a little thing that happens in your gut that says, you know, give up on this. This is just not worth it. Mm -hmm. And you know it, you feel it. But I think some of it is when I feel exhausted, then I know it's not worth it. Mm. Do you... Um, do do you believe in, in ancestors being around you at all? Are you, are you one of those sort of spiritual people from that standpoint? Because I, I, I wonder, like, you know, sometimes you'll see, I don't know, kind of like a, a warning sign, whatever that warning sign might be. And sometimes, uh, you know, I've heard from some people that, you know, it's kind of the, 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 your ancestors maybe putting that, 
they can't really talk to you per se. I don't know, maybe there's some rules after death where like, you know, nope, you can't do that, but you can do this. So like, you know, let me put this <laughs> stop sign where there was a yield before and you're like, wait a minute, that wasn't a, a stop sign before, that was a yield. So like, do you think that's even possible? Do you think that there are there are signs that others who can see farther down the path than you can are, are able to put in front of you in any way? Have you Have you ever experienced that? Well, I don't think I'm very spiritual, so I will say that. Okay. However, my son says to me, who is very spiritual, he said, Mom, you live your life spiritually. You may not be spiritual, but you live, you live your life in a spiritual manner, in the way you treat people, in what you do, on how you approach things. Everything you do is spiritual, yet I don't feel I am spiritual. Mm-hmm. So... As we look at at ageism, I mean, as you said, you're 81, and you, I mean, I know this is a, a topic that is near and dear to your heart. I mean, you've got the whole Spunky Abroad network and and your, you know, the shows that you do and so on. So, as you look at ageism itself, what first and foremost, what does that mean to you? Well, ageism means to me that people look at you and make a judgment because they surmise how old you are and therefore you must not know very much because you are past your learning curve Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you're living in the past. The interesting thing is my sister is five years older than I am and she's as busy and active as I am, except in a different arena. She's very active uh, politically. Uh, Community-wise, she's received, um, I mean, I've received five Lifetime Achievement Awards, but she's she's also received five Lifetime Achievement Awards. Mm. So that's why I said I think it goes back to our our parents and our upbringing, but um, she's in a totally different field, psychotherapy. So, um, but I, I think a lot of people judge you when you say you're a certain age because just the same reaction you had when I say I'm 81, people think I'm in my 60s. And uh, it's because I don't act 81. But what does acting like 81 mean anyway? I mean, you've got Dr. Ruth, you had Grandma Moses, you've got actresses that are in their 80s and 90s. Look at Dame, uh, all the dames that are out there, Mm -hmm. Judy Dench. I mean, they're all older and they're doing great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but there is a point in time where, like, you're probably not going to get hired as as a as a social media expert you're, you're probably not going to get you know you're not probably not going to create the, the next app or something of that nature right? i mean there are certain things that are well that kind of depends i mean wanted to this kind of comes back to what you talk <laughs> about with niche too she's also cured she created the network that serves the market she chose to serve so mm-hmm. if she was trying to market to women that were 55 and older but talking to people who are 25 and 30 like okay well that's not the market disconnect there yeah you know but she's she's a leader and so to the women that are 50 and older that that might be thinking oh what what am i doing now to look up to gail at 81 you're like hell yeah i'm gonna learn from this woman Mm -hmm. right so she's she's picked her market she's defined her market and i i think ageism won't even hit someone like Gail mm-hmm. unless you're picking someone that just doesn't fit what she's trying to do. That's so a, she's more like an 
you are more like an advocate for people who are subjected to ageism. Well, and yet it's interesting. I gave a speech last week to the Women's Network for Royal Caribbean, and uh, there were all ages there. And I had my books. I had brought five different books titles with me. Every single person that bought a book, young or older, bought the How to Be an SOB, a spunky old broad who kicks butt book. Mm. So, in fact, I'm going to bring ones that I've got in San Diego to the um, media summit to nice. pass out there. So, yeah, everybody that bought a book bought that same How to Be an SOB book. Mm -hmm. Okay, so may I? Yeah, please. All right. So how do you, what do you say to women that you speak with or you coach if they're starting out on a new venture, um, whatever age it might be, 50, 60, 70, 80, and they have maybe trepidation or maybe bashful or they just haven't formed the confidence that you seem to come out of the womb with? What do you have to say to them? Well, it depends on, of course, what they're looking to do. But I would say, have you looked at this particular industry or profession, hobby, whatever it happens to be. Go uh, uh, align yourself with someone. Uh, do a an internship with someone. Uh, try to read books from that type of thing. And is that something that really rests in your heart? Because just because it's like people say, oh, I want to be you, Gail. I want to follow you around. And I say, no, you don't. You'd be exhausted. You know? <laughs> people think they want it, but they really don't. So I, I want them to look closely at what it is they're trying to align themselves with to see, is it just a figment of their imagination or is this something they really want to do? And do you have confidence boosters that you say may work for you or other people that you've coached? Confidence boosters, tell me what you mean by that. Well, I think when somebody is starting out on a new venture, especially if they're putting themselves out there, they may feel the burning desire inside, but they're like, oh boy, people are going to be looking at me. They might reject me. They might judge me. Not that I'm talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there are plenty of examples of people, you know, take the, um, uh, the books that uh, Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen wrote. I mean, uh, they were rejected how many times? Uh, uh, 500, 400? And they went out and they finally got a publisher that published all of the books that they that they did. So there are plenty of examples out there going back as far as Thomas Edison and the light bulb. I mean, there are just all kinds of people out there that tried things that didn't work. Now, if you get discouraged and if it says it's not worth it, then it really wasn't that burning desire to begin with. It was an idea. It was a uh, something, a figment of their imagination, something that they they kind of hooked on to. But it really wasn't something they wanted deeply and dearly. Yeah, I get that. I agree with that. Yeah. So let's let's go into the principles then on the, just how to be a, a spunky old broad, right? Because a lot of this is applicable for us too, I'm sure, Richie and Wade. But, you know, let's think about it from the standpoint of we – it's it's almost like um, – uh, like future proofing yourself, so to speak, from the standpoint of like, if we can implement things now, and again, learning from, from the path that, that you forged, then it could change what happens to the tra trajectory of our lives. And maybe in some cases, our businesses over the next however many decades until we reach whatever we define as a spunky old person. I assume <laughs> that's, you know, let's just say 75 plus or something of that nature. But what what are some of the things that we can do 
now to ensure that we reach that state of being a spunky old person or broad. You can picture my wife on this one. You, you, you called her a broad? What? No, she calls herself yes. a broad. I, I, I'm simply using what she said. If she says it, it's okay. Is that true, though? Can you do that? Like, it's one of those things where, like, people can call themselves that, but, like, if you're not that, you can't call them that. You know what I mean? Like, is that... I'm giving you permission. Oh, good. All right. Fine. Thanks. <laughs> All right, can... you old broad. Get to it. We want answers now. Yeah. And we can well, focus actually, on I have, spunky. I have what's called the nine secrets to living regret-free, and they are part of being a, a spunky old broad. But one of the most important things is moving. I mean, no matter what your physical condition is, there are types of exercise that you can do. And I firmly, I'm a, I'm a everyday exerciser. I, I firmly believe I usually do two hours a day. What? Uh, yeah, I do two hours. So tomorrow I will do from 10 in the morning till 12. I will do two classes, one a very difficult class and one not so difficult. And then, of course, we're having my party. But, um, yeah, I do two hours a day. Most of the time I do an hour class and then I do somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour of weight training or treadmill or bike or whatever. So that's I just believe in that. Absolutely. All right, just, Gail, just be honest here. You're on, you're on steroids, right? Just you're, you're, you're doing juice, yeah? It's okay no, if you are. Or Red Bull. Or Red Bull. So, no, as a matter of fact, I've never tasted coffee. I drink green iced tea all day long. Iced tea. And uh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, no, I do. Um, but I do. I do. like. Well, I started out years ago. I was a dancer. Mm. So it started out dancing. Then from dancing, it went to swimming and water skiing. And then back in about the mid 80s is when the gyms started coming in. That's when I started going to the gym. Mm hmm. So when you say a difficult class, you mean like you're doing an hour of wind sprints, basically just just trucking down the the, the track there. Well, and, it, it's no? an aerobic class. It's Close. an aerobic class. So yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. So wow. so every day you're doing exercise movement of some sort. I mean, you can't be doing two hours every day. Well, I do. I do. Um, uh, unless I'm on the road and it's impossible. Or, for example, if I'm at the media summit, you start early and you go late. That's true. That's uh, true. That might be, <laughs> that uh -huh. might be that difficult. That would be him. Uh -huh. <laughs> We're going to put a two-hour workout in the middle of it just for you, Gail. <laughs> We're all going to do, yeah, we'll, we'll sprint around the ballroom and, yeah. So, so that's, yeah, I do. I do. Hours. I do two hours. Oh, my God. All right. So what else? What, okay, what else and the is on other the list thing, there? Yeah. All right, is continual learning. I'm always reading books. I'm always taking webinars. I'm always learning new things. Um, so it's it's improving your mind and studying all the time. I don't even want to begin to tell you with you laughing with the apps and everything. But when I first uh, started with computers, I thought they were going to blow up. I thought I, if I turn this thing on, it's going to blow up. But I knew I needed it for my business. So I brought somebody into my office who taught me how to use a computer. She only gave me three lessons and she said, you know what to do from here on. Same thing with texting. Mm -hmm. I never texted until my, I was moving and my realtor just did not call. He texted everything. Mm. So I learned to text. I mean, it's a matter of uh, doing what I need to do to keep up. Mm -hmm. hmm. wow. And then, of course, it's mindset. I'm all about mindset because I'm not sure if you know this, but five minutes of negative thinking takes the body 24 hours to recover from. What? Oh, yes. Boy. Oh, man, I've got we like, just, I've got months. our brains out <laughs> this last segment. I got months and, to recover. Sorry about that, guys. And not only that, you're always going around telling everybody, 
you can't believe what happened to me and those people can't do a thing about it oh, <laughs> so man. you're you're perpetuating this to everybody else I cost, so, yeah i cost you look guys look what you did to us months. in the first hour <laughs> months of your life <laughs> oh, and then of course i think it's it's um you know, it's also effective time management. I, I'm very good with time management. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of, you know, taking and keeping control of what you're doing and when you do it and how you do it. For example, I work out first thing in the morning because I know if I wait till the evening, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but when I was on the road, you know, I was traveling, I would leave my home Sunday or Monday and come back on Friday when I was doing 135 speaking engagements a year. Wow. And, uh, I was really on the road a lot. And so I would work out at night because it took me till forever to get to the city and the next city. And then I would work out at night, but now it's morning because I know it won't happen in the evening. Mm -hmm. And of course, I think um, another thing is you've got to have what I call a plan for daily living. You do need a routine. I think you need to be flexible, but you need a routine. And that's why when people retire, they say, how did I get everything done when I was working? Because now they don't have to have a routine, so they don't get anything done. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. And, of course, I also think you need to know what's unique about you, you know, and what makes you different than everybody else. So those are just some of the things. Hmm. So, Sage. Right? Sage, yes. So how, how would you define what's unique about you? I mean, you're obviously a very unique person, but how would you summarize that? How would you define what makes you unique? I think what makes me unique is my energy. I've got a lot of energy. That's number one. I think another thing that makes me unique is um, I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to say, I don't know it, but how do I get to learn it? Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing is that I'm, I'm really good with people. Um, I, I like people. I'm good with people. They like me. And I just don't ever really meet a stranger. And I found like when I was working in all those 50 countries, the one thing that worked is my smile. I mean, when I smile, people invited me to their homes for dinner. Uh, they invited me to special events. I mean, it was really amazing. And I was in a lot of different countries, 50 different countries. Hmm. Wow, what a life. Yeah, right. And, and so, I mean, to that end, where, what do you recommend for folks in terms of maintaining that energy? I mean, is it is it at, well? The exercise I know has a lot to do with it, right? Because then we don't become sedentary and we move and we get that heart rate going and you know sweat and the whole nine. But what what else are you doing specifically to to maintain that energy? Whether it's through diet or sleep or, I mean, take us through it. Well, I do sleep. I do sleep. I do, do get my eight hours of sleep, seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Uh, I do, and I mean, if I miss it, if for some reason, you know, there are those missed plane trips when you get in at three o'clock in the morning, but uh, I do make it up and I do eat well. I don't eat junk, but, and I'm not uh, plant-based or vegan, but I do eat well and, uh, uh, but I don't snack. I'm not a snacker. Mm. So, um, and uh, as I say, I don't, I'm probably the only person that you're going to talk to who, as I say, don't drink coffee. I don't eat chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, there's a lot of things, peanut butter. I don't eat, you know, there's just things I don't do. Uh, not for any other reason. I just don't like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Lena's grandmother, 
who survived World War II and was actually in a concentration camp, uh, not Jewish, but one of the Polish concentration camps. Like, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the Poles were, who, who weren't even Jewish were put in a concentration camp. Mm. She survived a concentration camp, came to the States. I mean, you know, just heavy psychological burden, kids, no money, the whole nine. She had vodka and raw bacon damn near every day. And how long she lived? 94. Wow. Take my mom. Take my mom. My mom lived to 99 and a half. When I bought her an exercise bike, she hung clothes on it. When my sister got her a gym membership, she said I never asked for it. (laughs) She swore by chicken fat and Crisco, and she lived to 99 and a half, so go figure. (laughs) She was a little spunky. Oh, man. (laughs) Right? So I wonder where, yeah, yeah, there you go. Where did that come from? Where did that apple drop from? (laughs) So so let's talk about um, routine, because I think, you know, I have a flexible work schedule. And there are times where, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty productive and I feel like I get a lot of stuff done. But I also feel like I could be even more productive if I had some sort of routine. Take us through your routine. I'm, I'm curious in terms of what, what you do day in and day out. So just, just take us through your routine. Well, of course, the routines have changed over the years is what I do have uh, changed. You know, I mean, how I was when I had all my schools and the agency uh, was one thing and how I worked when I was on the road all the time was another. But now the first thing I do when I get up, believe it or not, is take care of my animals. I have uh, I'm down to two cats. When I <laughs> when my kids were little, I had three kids, five dogs and three cats. And oh, it was yeah, an yeah, absolute. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was a zoo. But, Literally. Yeah, it was a zoo and I loved it. <laughs> But now I'm down to two cats. I'm surprised they haven't interrupted me because they love to be on the air. But um, uh, so I start with them. And then, of course, I eat my breakfast and then I go work out. So when I come back and then I also do all of my errands when I, I, I group my errands. So if I have to do banking or marketing or whatever, I group them and I do them at one time. So I don't have to keep going back and forth, back and forth. And uh, all of that is done in the morning. Mm -hmm. So by the time noon comes, uh, then I'm ready to do my thing. I eat my lunch and then I do whatever I have to do, whether it's marketing, uh, making phone calls, uh, writing, whatever it is I do during that chunk in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, of course, I have a lot of things I do. I run a mastermind group for -for not-for-profits. I have Habitat for Humanity. I have Girl Scouts, et cetera. So I work with that group and that's a pro bono thing I do. And then I'm on the board at Nova Southeastern University, the ambassador's board. That's where I got my doctorate. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm busy with them too. I'm very active with them. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so when those things aren't happening, like yesterday morning, I had a, 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 a meeting for the group that I belong to, the TCI group. And so, uh, but like, then I came home and did what I had to do. And then I eat my dinner and then I usually come back to work from six to eight to do whatever has to be wrapped up at night. And it could be a webinar. It could be study. It could be reading. It could be a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Oh man. I'm curious, how big is your team? (laughs) Oh, it's just me. Um, I do. I do. Of course it is. I, <laughs> what, would you, what would you think that answer is? Oh, I, that's, I just I mean, wanted I to a, be clear. <laughs> I have a tech guy who does my, I, I send a newsletter out every week. So I write the newsletter on Sunday and it goes out on Monday. And he's the one that sends it out. And he's the one that 
does any postings that I, I need and so forth. So I do have a tech guy. And then I have somebody who is doing my social media for me. And, but those are all contract people. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's impressive. I Extremely mean, it, impressive. It really is. But I, but I guess when you come right down to it, it's like, what's the other choice, right? I mean, in, you know, I love, I love my parents and my mom and dad are divorced. And when you come to the new media summit, you'll meet my mom cause she's on our coaching team. Uh, and I've met his mom and she's terrific. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, but my dad, uh, and his wife live in, in Nashville. They actually did come to the first two yeah, summits, did. I think. Um, so maybe you've met them if you've been there, but, uh, they live in Nashville. They've been there for like 30 years and, and dad has been retired for probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years now, something like that, maybe even a, a little bit longer. And we went and, and spent a week with them and brought the kids, and Lena came down. She actually had a um, uh, an, an embalming seminar while she was down there, so went down there for one of those. And uh, and I will tell you that my, uh, my, my, my dad and his wife uh, are not the most active people in the whole wide world. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know what dad and I, it's like, I hate to say it, but I, I like, I think they just gave up. Like they just don't like they, like we went out to eat and if there wasn't a chocolate milkshake at that table and a burger or fries, I, I, I if I remember correctly, I think my, uh, my stepmother, Barb once said to a waiter, if there is a piece of fruit even so much as touching this plate, I will send it back and send you <laughs> screaming back to the kitchen or something wow. to that extent. Yeah, um, she's quite the sweetheart. I mean, she, she can be and she can't be. But I mean, I guess like that's the, al that's the alternative, you know? And, and so, so I guess you have a choice. You do have a choice. And it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, I live in three places. I live in Miami, San Diego, and Palm Beach, uh, Palm Springs area. And I have a beautiful home in Palm Desert. But uh, my son, because of circumstances, he had a gorgeous home in Palm Springs, but they passed an Airbnb law. And the guy that bought the house next to him um, are, is turning it into an Airbnb. And he said, Mom, you know what that is? It's going to be people from LA that are going to be having parties and drinking, and I want my serenity. He went looking for a place in Rancho Mirage, found a gorgeous home that he just moved into this week. And he said, I want you to sell your place and I want to build an apartment for you onto our house. Mm. And, <laughs> excuse me, and I said, you know, uh, how's it going to be having a mother in law? And um, uh, his husband said, you're not the typical mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. I would love having you there. Mm -hmm. So he insisted that I, he's the one that insisted that I move in with them, but not really. I'll have my own separate place. Mm -hmm. But because uh, I'm never there, I'm active wherever I am. I have friends in all three areas. Mm -hmm. I go to things in all three areas. And it, yeah, it just wouldn't occur to me not to... Um, not to be busy. But, you know, when I did some TV segments in the Phoenix, I did uh, two separate stations and I did one on the um, the three worst mistakes to make when starting a second career. And that was a talking head kind of thing. But the sure. other station didn't want a talking head. So I was trying to figure out what could I do? And I decided to do a workout segment for seniors. So I got into my workout clothes and I actually did a workout segment sitting in a chair and the host 
sat in the chair with workout clothes and we did a workout segment, me using water bottles as weights. And I always carry a band with me. So I had the band and I was doing, you know, chest exercises and so forth. <laughs> but it's, it's, it shows that you can do, you can be active no matter what. Mm-hmm. Wade, what were you going to say? Because I think you were uh, ready to, to jump in here. What? I was just wondering, as we listen to all the things that Gail's managing to accomplish, how much do you feel passion overcomes procrastination? Oh, passion is everything. Passion is everything. I mean, when you procrastinate, well, sometimes it's good to procrastinate. It depends. Mm-hmm. But but I think passion is it's what it's all about, you know, and, and if you've got the passion, the bad things and the discouraging things and all the no's that we were talking about, that's not going to matter to you. You're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Let's, um, one question about something that you said earlier, which I thought was so really apropos for, for so many of us, especially as you said, you know, you travel all these different countries and, and just the kind of the, the, the rules that you live by, if you will. Uh, but you talked about uh, how you never, quote, meet a stranger and how you feel so comfortable going into rooms of, of people that you that you don't know. And there, there are a lot of people out there who, I mean, almost uh, almost equal to public speaking, like that's on the list of things that people hate more than anything in the world are those networking events and, and just going into rooms of, of people where they don't know anyone. How, how do you approach that room when you don't know anyone so that you, as you put it, never meet a stranger? Well, first of all, it's funny. I just came back from two weeks in Greece. My son sent me as a birthday present and, uh, um, I was a single person on that cruise and, uh, there were a lot of couples that invited me to sit with them and, uh, I made a lot of friends. One family, uh, a family of five, uh, with three grown children. They 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 adopted me, and <laughs> mm-hmm. insisted I get into quizzes with them and so forth and so on. Handed me all their trophies and so forth. But it's just, I think, first of all, if you go in and you ask people about themselves, don't go in and talk about you, but go in and say, "Hi, um, uh, you know." what's your name? Uh, what do you do? Who do you work for? And they tell you, and you get them talking about themselves, uh, they're going to, they're going to love you and you're going to forget all about yourself. And actually that's how I got my new radio shows from several years ago. I went to a uh, chamber meeting that I shouldn't have been at and uh, everybody stood up and introduced themselves. And one guy owned a radio station. So I went up to him right afterwards and I said, are you looking for new talent? And of course, you know the answer. Well, blah, blah, blah. and so I just kept after him. And so he took a chance and we did the women in business and it rose to number one on the station. So then he gave me uh, the living regret free, which rose to number three. Then he gave me SOB radio. And then he called me back and said, I want you to have your own network. <laughs> and that all came from going up to him and saying, gee, do you think you might be interested in a new, new talent? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So Richie. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I know you said there were nine, I can't remember if you called them pillars or what were to be. Oh, I call be... them. Um, yeah, I call them uh, uh, the keys to living regret free. So were those the the ones you were well, starting? Well, no, there? not so all moving, of them. Learning or moving, learning mindset, time management, 
planning your day. Energizing your life is one, you know, finding the thing that gives you power and, and uh, gives you the ability to get excited about things. Uh, having the relationships, I call them power relationships, but they aren't with powerful people necessarily. There are people who you meet who, uh, because they know somebody who knows somebody, uh, is a power relationship or because they can give you a piece of knowledge that you didn't have. It's a power relationship. So I think the power relationships that you have, I think I talked about the personal growth. Um, that's part of it. And balance. That's the other thing. Mm. Balance is another one because my balance has changed. I mean, the balance that I had in, in high school versus balance in college versus when I went into business versus when I, I uh, got married and had children. And then, um, uh, then when I, I, I had my business and then when I'm on the road speaking, my, my husband passed away, my son passed away, that changed everything. So, mm. I mean, all of these things go into making different balance portions of your life. And so now I'm living a new balance. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, it's awesome. And, and I could only hope to <laughs> have a, have a fraction of, uh, of, of your energy and, and, and spunk and the whole nine. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm tired just talking to you. <laughs> so I got to work sorry, on my nine. No, don't be sorry. It's inspiring. <laughs> I get like in a good way. Like it just makes me realize, like yeah. my God, there's there uh, the the bar is it can be raised much higher. So, um, thank you for that. And you know, it's interesting too because a lot of what I talk about uh, in terms of business is that uh, people buy energy, and clarity sells. So there's no doubt at all. Like if you walked into a room and you you develop the rapport that you develop as you naturally do, and then you say, you know, hey, if you're interested, here are ways that I can help you. I mean, that wouldn't obviously be the exact conversation, but the point being, folks would line up to, to work with you because, I mean, you're, it's contagious. What, what you have going on is, is contagious in, in, the, in the best of ways. So Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and, and I mean that. So for, for those who perhaps are struggling in in their later years, maybe someone who has retired and is looking for a second act or third act or whatever that might be, in just a couple of minutes here and then we're gonna have to wrap up, what what advice would you give to to someone in, in their, their second act or, or third act of life? Well, I would say even if you're watching television or you're out in the public for something and something gets you excited or turns you on, I mean, you say, wow, that's interesting start investigating it. Is it something that you might be able to do or might you be able to join a club or a, a meetup group or something that, that goes into those kinds of things? And then it gives you a chance and maybe it's not for you, but at least you're going to meet new people. You're going to learn new things, which then kind of triggers something else. But it's not staying in your little cocoon mm -hmm. and saying, oh, poor little me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, advice well taken. And as much as we'd love to, to chat with you all day here, we're, uh, we're coming up against it. So if, if people want more information about you, where are some of the, I mean, I know you got a million things going on. So where, where are some of the best places for folks to go? Well, if they go to my website, spunkyoldbroad.com, they can listen to my radio shows there. They can find out more about me. There's a contact form that they can fill out that, uh, uh, will get to me and I'll get back to them. And so that's the best way to do it. Spunkyoldbroad.com. Okay. And 
I would be remiss if I didn't ask for your thoughts on the new media summit. And you're coming back for the third time. What, what would you say to someone who is thinking about attending the new media summit? Uh, what, why should they come? What, what, what's been your impression? What was your take on it the first time? And, and why do you keep coming back? Well, I would say don't think about it, just do it. But um, in terms of my thoughts about it, uh, there are opportunities there on both sides of the fence. There are people who come to be booked, but there are also people who come to be booked who have their own podcast. So there's an opportunity for uh, people in the audience to be booked by other people in the audience and for the icons to be booked as well. But there's also, um, which you have not mentioned, Steve, uh, there's teachings by you, and they're very valuable. And uh, people will learn things that they didn't even think about before. So there's all kinds of reasons to come to the summit. Mm -hmm. Contacts, uh, knowledge, um, uh, and just finding out what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And and favorite guests that you found at the summit that you wouldn't have uh, had a chance to connect with or one of your favorite guests that you had a oh, chance I, to... I have. I think I've interviewed... Uh, probably 30, 35 people from the summit. And uh, that's why I'm looking forward to coming back because I'm looking for uh, as many as I can get. So, mm -hmm. uh, and there have been, <laughs> there have been some doozies. Uh, <laughs> I also have, I also though want to emphasize if anybody of, that's listening to this is coming to the summit, please put your phone number <laughs> on your one sheet. I, I go all over the place. You don't have a website. I can't find you. I Google <laughs> you and all I get is LinkedIn or something like that and you can't reach you. So put your phone number on your one sheets. And second of all, uh, answer your phones and get back to people. So those are my two pieces of advice. That's awesome. I can't wait to see you. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you. Be, Me gonna, too. It's going to be great. And uh, and that was a very specific comment for people coming to the New Media Summit, of course. Part of what Gail's referring to is we... Uh, when you when you uh, decide to join us and buy a ticket to come to the New Media Summit. And by the way, you can get information at newmediasummit.net uh, on that. So newmediasummit.net. One of the bonuses that we include is our team will actually create for you a Media One sheet, which has all of your information on it, topics you cover, who you are, and so on. And Gail's point is really well taken, is in the contact information there. Well, make sure you include a phone number. So I know we got a lot of people who are going to be coming to the summit and listening to this episode and really sage advice on, on so many levels about the summit and, of course, about life and business and just ev everything that you've been able to share with us here today. So, Gail, we're going to let you jump, and uh, and we will see you very, very soon in San Diego at the New Media Summit. Check out everything that Gail Carson, G-A-Y-L-E, Carson has going on. Gail, thanks for joining us here on Thank we you for having me. Radio. <laughs> we will see you really, really soon. Oh, man. Good stuff. Love you, Gail. And, of course, for Mary Goulet, awesome having you back. Mary, good to Thank see you. you again. Richie Ote hanging out with us here in studio. White Wade always having it under control over yonder. Kelly having it under control at headquarters. And I'm Steve Ulsher. Talk to you next time here on Reinvention Radio. Take care, everybody. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com. 
Attention coaches, authors, speakers, and business owners. Please pay close attention to what I'm about to say if you want to secure massive visibility fast and generate thousands of highly qualified leads without spending a dime on advertising or marketing. The easiest way to make this happen is to appear as a guest on the world's most popular podcast. We recently came across an awesome resource that provides detailed contact information for 240 new media influencers who are looking for guests just like you. It's called the Ultimate Directory, and for a limited time, you can get the preview edition of the directory absolutely free. That's right, for free. It's time for you to get the visibility you and your business deserve and connect with the world's leading icons of influence who can make you famous with the push of a button. Get your free preview edition of the Ultimate Directory right now at www.myultimatedirectory.com. That's myultimatedirectory.com.